Welcome everybody. As we start our Bible studies for the new year, I invite you to join us and to get your Bible open and just to share in these little reflections and thoughts for us. Uh, this is our first one of 2022, um, although for many of us the year already feels very old um, at this particular time. As we get into the scriptures today, I'm going to take us to a very familiar passage um, just as a starting point for us, it's good to reflect in this way, and hopefully this will kind of whet our appetite for what is to come later on in the year. So wherever you're listening to this, and whatever time of the day, I invite you just to pause for a moment. Let me pray for us. Lord God, it's good to be able to meet together again around your word, and thank you for each person who's been willing to set aside this time together around the sacred scriptures. We ask that as we look at these words ourselves, that you would just enlighten us and reveal your truth to us. I pray that uh, each person would be able to take something meaningful from the scriptures today and also apply it to our lives. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to take us to a very, very well-known passage, and that's from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1 to 11. And immediately as I say that, many of you are saying, no, I know that, I know that. Um, and even if we do know it off by heart, it's good just to be able to reflect on these words um, as we start the new year. I just want to point out one or two things before we even start looking at the text that I think would be helpful for us. Uh, one has to do with our entire reading of the scriptures, and the other one has to do particularly with Ecclesiastes. So, um, just to remind ourselves that although we open our Bibles and we look at this chapter, chapter 3, verse 1 to 11, that for a long, long time the Bible was not divided into chapters or even into verses. Now this may surprise many of us, um, but when the books of the Bible were written, written mainly in Hebrew or in Greek, they were written... Uh, to convey their particular messages. And yes, when there was a change in theme or maybe a change in thought, there was a little space that was created in them. But it was only up until around about the 12th century, that, so that's, that's a long, long time into the history of the church, um, when people began, the Bible commentators began to actually place the, the various books into chapters. And that had a lot to do with the way they were commentating on those sections of the Bible. So they put them into chapters which in their minds was, was kind of gathering together various themes and various thoughts. That was in existence for a while, but it was only in the 1400s that a Jewish rabbi by the name of Nathan actually put together some of the Hebrew texts with verses. And then um, only in the 1500s that some of the Greek texts, in particular the New Testament, was put into verses. So it's just something out of interest for us today that although we are so familiar with chapter and verse, um, that for a long, long time for Christians and, and people in the church, they didn't have that luxury. And what it does for us is it just helps us to hone in on particular themes and passages straight away without then having to, I mean, Ecclesiastes, as you could quickly have a look at your Bible, is many, many chapters. Uh, it's 12 chapters long. And so if there were not chapters, it would be difficult for me to say to you, okay, well, look in maybe the first third or the first quarter of the book and let's try and find the space. So that's just a little bit of uh, history for today. 
The other thing to mention about Ecclesiastes is that Ecclesiastes is the Latin version of the Hebrew word koheleheth, koheleth, which is spelled Q-O-H-E-L-E-T-H, koheleth, which basically means the teacher or the preacher. Although Ecclesiastes over the years has been accredited to Solomon, as much of the wisdom was attributed to him of these times, we are still not 100% sure that it was him. Um, and I don't want us to get sidetracked in that today, but um, the, the ancient Hebrews, and certainly when this message was portrayed, saw the message as coming from the teacher, the preacher, one who had gone on in years and now was passing on their wisdom, which I think for us is the important thing for today. So let me now have a look at chapter 3, because chapter 3, um, in our little divisions for, for today, is, is also in a kind of a section of Ecclesiastes that speaks about um, almost the futility of life. You know, why should we work so hard and then... Um, kind of pass on our wealth and all the gains of our hard work onto people that, that are not really going to appreciate it. Um, you'll, you'll remember the utterance of Ecclesiastes often is, life is meaningless or all is vanity. And then in this very well-known section, um, Kohileth speaks about the seasons that we go through. And, and remembering also that in our own um, context we have seasons of the year we in summer at the moment and we will soon move into autumn winter and then spring but it's this understanding um, and as you'll see all these con um, comparisons that life goes through these seasons um, that time teaches us things now the writer has mentioned 28 of these things but it's not only limited to those 28. I mean, many of these things are part of our own life experience, but some of them uh, probably not. Um, it was the French composer Hector um, Bellot who said that time is a great teacher, but unfortunately, time kills all of its pupils. And there's so much truth in that, isn't it? That we, we learn throughout the years um, about life, about what to do, what not to do, but in the end, time, um, yeah, time has its way and we all end up passing away. And so what, what is the message for us in all of this, going through all the seasons? What are we to do? How do we um, worship God? How do we look at our own lives? What's the meaning and purpose of our own lives in all of this? So let me take us through what the, the, the words say. Um, and then I want to just share some things around that. So... Starting from verse 1, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to mend, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak up. 
time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So I'll stop there at verse 8 for, for a moment. And when we read all these things, I mean, there are some of these um, circumstances and situations in life that immediately we can identify with. Um, I mean, the big ones of a time to be born and a time to die. Those of us who are listening to this today, we are in between those two, the beginning and the end of life. And other ones that we could relate to, maybe a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to laugh, a time to cry. But there's also an understanding that when um, Kohileth was writing this, that he was not saying, or we believe it's a he, that he was not saying that these are all the things that you or I personally will go through, but he was implying that these are all things that happen because God has allowed it to happen, that these are all things that are out of our control, and um, as God follows, we would see it as that these, that these things God has ordained. Some people would see it as that God has predetermined, and that we... You know, that we don't really have any say in the matter. We've got no control of it. Now, for some people, this would seem depressing, almost like a fatalistic kind of attitude that, okay, well, no matter what I do, I can't stop the, let's say, for example, a time for war and a time for peace. Um, and there's, there's a truth in that, that there are some of these things that we have no control over, um, the time of our death, the time of our birth. But there are things, if you and I spend time looking at this, where we, where we can have control over. Um, so what I'm saying is we could look at this in a whole general sense, that this is just how the world is, how life is, very fatalistic, it's predetermined, we must just carry on living and try and figure things out as we go along, which is one general way of looking at it. And the other way of looking at it, and maybe it's a case of not either or, but both and, is to say that there are going to come in our own lives various seasons. And one is to recognize those personal seasons and not to almost fight them, but to rather embrace them. And then also sometimes to be able to learn and to act. And the one I particularly want to come to is this one where it says a time to tear and a time to mend. It's verse 7, a time to be quiet and a time to speak up. Because uh, if we're looking at the scriptures to say, what can we learn? What can we do in response to this? We can do something. We can learn. And um, I think, although we may still keep making this mistake as we get older, I think some people have learned through the experience of wisdom and old age that sometimes it's important just to actually shut up and keep quiet. <laughs> we maybe in our younger days, we want to just, pass a quick comment or get our five cents in, but we realize that's not actually helpful. So over time, we've learned this. There's a time to be quiet, and then there's definitely a time when we actually say we can't be quiet anymore, we must speak up. And, and so I say, as we look at this ourselves, um, and maybe just to encourage you as you look at this again, look at it in those kind of um, sort of categories. One is, it's just a broad thing. This is the lot of every human being. There's going to be these seasons plus more time for all these things in our lives. Um, no matter how much we try and push against it, they will still happen. Of course, like I'm saying, let's not make this um, move us into a place of discouragement, but rather also see it as a time of saying, well, 
although maybe we're going through a time of grief now, the way that the world works, the way that we trust God to work in our lives, is that the season of grief will eventually move into a season of joy. There will be a time to dance. Um, and, and although some people do have very, very difficult lives, there's, there's not one person that doesn't experience the contrast in these things. Um, because there's so many different things that happen to us in our lives. Of course, there, there is an underlying um, response to this that comes in verse 9 to verse 11, which I think is, is where um, we should end up. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there right now. Um, and verse 9 to 11 says, So what do people really get for all of their hard work? I've thought about this in the connection with the various kinds of work God has given people to do. God has made everything beautiful for its time. One translation says, in its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Now, I'm just going to stop there. So again, there's something that we pick up in this, and that is to say that that. Uh, Augustine said that you know in every person there's a vacuum, a God-shaped vacuum in the heart and the soul of every person. They can only be filled by God. The writer of Ecclesiastes is saying that every person from the moment that we are conceived and born, God has planted in us this, this desire for, for eternity, something more than just what the seasons and what life can give to us. And this is what we as Christians, we would see this as, as being with God in eternity, um, going to heaven, to use that, that phrase. Um, we, we can't really see the whole scope of it, but we trust in that, that this world in which we live in is, is just a temporary home, that there is more to come. So then the writer says, So I have concluded that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to enjoy themselves as long as they can. Now, this verse, some people say, oh, this is fantastic. Now I can just eat, drink, and be merry, which is kind of what verse 13 says. But the writer is saying, well, at a very base level, we need to find joy in all the routine things of life. So when we eat, when we drink, when we have fellowship, when we enjoy time with our family, with our friends, when we even work, because it speaks about enjoying the fruits of your labor, we should see these as gifts from God and try to find joy in them. Um, I was reading part of a commentary um, from, uh, from someone who had written on this, and, and she was saying that she had seen a bumper sticker somewhere that had said this, don't postpone joy. And, and I like that. I mean, although it can maybe lead to a very like, kind of egotistical and selfish lifestyle, I think the, the message of that is, is important. Um, if we're going to wait only for the season um, of dancing to experience joy, we're going to miss out on a whole lot of other things. That joy is there for us to, to discover in the midst of the routine of life. And, and I'm not saying, friends, that this is easy. In fact, as, even as I'm speaking it out, it's, it's a hard thing to come to terms with. Um, but in, in the world in which we're living in now, I mean, we've experienced enough just in the last almost two years to know that, that life has thrown us a whole lot of curveballs. But um, in these seasons of life, in, in the seasons of pain and sorrow, of uncertainty, in the seasons of 
um, this disease in the se season of plenty and then also of, of nothing. We've seen God at work. And that's also the strong message that comes through for us is that God is in this. God is in control. We may not like the seasons we encounter, but we still trust that God is in it and that God is in control. Um, and, and even if I, um, I have shared this Bible study, uh, well, sorry, this chapter in a Bible study um, a while ago where I asked people, you know, what season do they enjoy just in terms of the seasons of the year? And you'll find that for each of us listening today, we enjoy different seasons. Some of you love the summer months because the days are longer and you can stand the heat. Other people love autumn because it just speaks about change and you see the different colors of the leaves and things beginning to, to show signs of, of shifting. People, some people love winter because it's cold and it's dark in the, in the Western Cape, it's, it's rainy. And so there's also that aspect of it. Other people don't like that at all. And then, of course, there are those of us who enjoy spring, which speaks about new beginnings. Um, often for people, that's a sign of great hope and, and promise. But just as in a group of people, there'll be different responses to the season. So in a spiritual sense and just in a life sense, there'll be those of us who relate to different seasons in, in that particular way. And I think the, the message that I want to just offer yourselves as well as me um, when I reflect on this going into this new year um, is to find God, to find the beauty, to find life um, as, as the writer in John's Gospel would speak about the eternal life, the Zoe, the life that begins now. To try and find that in our everyday existence with the good and the bad. I think that is the secret. Um, I don't have the secret, but that is the secret, and that's what I think we could, should, each of us keep striving for this year. And um, there, there's a lovely poem um, that I also was reminded of. It's, uh, it was written about 2,000 years ago, and it just kind of reminds us of the opportunities that we have each day as a gift from God to embrace this. And so let me read it for us, and then we'll move to um, a close for today. So the, the poem goes something like this. Listen to the salutation of the dawn. Look to this day, for it is the very life of life. In its brief course lie all the realities and truth of existence, the joy of growth, the splendor of action, the glory of power. For yesterday is but a memory, and tomorrow a vision, but today well lived makes every yesterday a memory of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. And so I invite you friends to pray for yourselves, to pray for your loved ones. If you have a moment, spare a prayer for me as, as this year holds a lot of new things uh, for us as a family as well as new challenges. And uh, just to remind each, each of us that God is in the seasons and that we don't have to just kind of live a fatalistic lifestyle, but to say that we trust that God will guide us through the seasons and he will reveal himself to us no matter what. And so come, let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you have reminded us that there is a time for everything. And today, as we reflect on this, Lord God, Help us just to be honest about what season we feel that we are in 
but also, Lord, then just to trust you um, with every aspect of our lives, no matter how big or small it seems, and that also to remind ourselves that, yes, you've given us the gift of this life and this world and all the things that we have around us, but that you've also placed within us, uh, in each human heart, you have placed eternity, the desire to belong somewhere else. And so we don't wish our life away here, but we remember that we were created to be with you. And um, so help us to reflect on that. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, friends. God bless you. You're welcome to pass this on to anybody who um, may find it helpful. Um, I just also want to uh, greet the folk from both Simonstown Methodist as well as Fishhook Methodist um, of, of which I will be sharing in this year, and uh, pray that God would bless us on this journey. In Jesus' name, amen.